Wow, so I believe that the Lord is going to do something beautiful this week. And He's releasing a, a fresh fire and a hunger for His presence. So I want you to open with me in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I, I believe that this is the verse that you read the most during your DTS. And by the way, I just want to celebrate and, and, and thank all the fine fragrance leadership. Can we give it up for these guys? Like, you have no idea how important this DTS and this school is, not only for Kona, Hawaii, but for the nations. In Brazil, we are so encouraged by everything that the Lord is doing. And Mark 6, uh, 16, verse 15 says, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. If you, if you believe that Jesus is your Lord, just, just make some noise for Jesus right now. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs, just say with me, signs, will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied. Hallelujah. Just shout with me, great commission. This is our commission. Go and preach the gospel. Max else, what are the other nations? Turkey. South Africa. Dominican Republic. Egypt. Come on. Puerto Rico, Mongolia, Nepal, come on, you guys are on fire, anyone, anyone going to Portugal, no Portugal yet, okay, we can put that on the list, <laughs> Albania, okay, guys, so this is, Paraguay, Albania, come on. Uganda, okay, everywhere. <laughs> Guys, so this is the very last words of Jesus before he was taken up to heaven. And as you know, everything that is very important, you save for the last. Imagine after three years, Jesus was hanging out with his crew, healing the sick, saving the lost, delivering people and then he dies he rose again and then he gathers the 12 and then he says go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation this is so important 
But there's, there's something that I want to show you in Acts. You can open with me in Acts chapter 1. Verse 4. If you found it, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. You can highlight this word, command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Until here. So we, we see here there is a tension. And what is the tension? In Mark 16, Jesus says, go. Right? We read that. But now in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem. I imagine like Peter and the disciples in the middle like, all right, should I stay or should I go? And that's how that song was made. <laughs> should I stay in Jerusalem? Should I go and preach the gospel? Jesus, what should I do? And the truth is, going is your commission, but staying is your condition. <laughs> You're not ready to go if we do not stay in Jerusalem and receive power from above. You know why? Because we cannot produce revival. We cannot produce revival with our own hands we need a heavenly invasion we need power from above we need the holy spirit we need to be, to be baptized in fire we need to be clothed with power we need the presence of the holy spirit in our lives come on somebody we need power that's the truth there's a generation out there outside they do not need a philosophy. They do not need an ideology. They need power from on high. They need people clothed with power. People that carry the signs, the wonders, the love, compassion for the lost. That's why Jesus is filling us up with fire for such a time as this. To not only stay in the four walls of church, but to go and release the power for the people that are outside. So I want to tell you, man, get ready for the craziest signs and wonders that you ever saw. Yeah. Get ready to lay hands and see healings happening. Yeah. Get ready to prophesy. The Lord's going to put you in places. And as soon as you open your mouth, words of prophecy, words of healing are going to be released. We need power. Say, say with me, power. power. Do you feel it? Jesus is here and he's touching us. I believe, guys, our generation has the chance of being in this place of prayer, intercession, and receiving power from above as never. I remember in Brazil, maybe four years ago, I went to a place called Itachinga. Any Brazilians here? 
Okay, I feel Brazilians. All right, I call you out, and now there is not, it's, not good at, it's not a good testimony, but Itachinga is uh, the biggest uh, uh, neighborhood of prostitution in South America. And I felt to go there with my wife and preach the gospel and pray for some, some people. And I remember parking the car and, and, and leaving the car. And when I go to outreaches, uh, I have something in my heart. I'm like, I'm going to talk about Jesus for the first uh, person that I, that I see. Because then you, you, you break the ice, you break the fear. And many times I go there, I don't have a word of knowledge. I don't have a prophetic word. I don't, I don't know anything about that person. And I just go like, hey, my name is Eddie. Uh, uh, Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? And we came to this lady. She was working. It was me, my wife. We went there. And I said, hey, my name is Eddie. This is my wife, Christine. Can we pray for you? And then she goes, I know you. No, <laughs> like, you don't know me. <laughs> Baby, she doesn't know me, it's fine. <laughs> and then she goes, I know you. No, I promise you don't know, must be, must be someone similar to me. <laughs> and then she goes, aren't you the guy that preaches on YouTube? And I'm like, you know me. Praise Jesus. <laughs> the gospel of Jesus Christ is touching the lost and, and invading darkness as never before. And then we we're praying for that lady. And then we see three other ladies on the corner. And then we felt the Holy Spirit telling us to go. And many times, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, but many times preachers, they say like, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, and then are like, how, how, how do you feel the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought like this? Like, how, how, how does he hear God? Is that an angel that comes and there's a trumpet and thus says the Lord. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this never happened to me before. Many times it's like impression or a feeling. It's like when, when you see somebody and you have this desire to go there and talk. So we, we just felt like going. And then we went again. Hey, my name is Eddie. This is my wife, Christine. We want to pray for you. We do not need prayer. Please, it's going to be super fast. Is there any, anything that we can pray for? No, you're actually on the way. We're working. Uh, we don't like this. And then I'm, I was like, I'm, I'm going to be this annoying Christian. Does anybody know any annoying Christian? Okay, if you didn't stretch your hands, maybe you were one of them. <laughs> you know those annoying Christians like, hey... But I, I just felt the Lord uh, leading me to be this annoying Christian. And I was like, for the third time, can I pray for you? And they looked at each other. All right. Let's go inside the house. And then we go inside of this house of, of prostitution. And they were now there holding hands. And I'm like, what the heck is, the, is happening here? I'm with my wife and these three ladies holding hands and praying. And then as I started praying, I didn't have a vision, I didn't, I didn't think, it just left my mouth. Have been used like this, like, why did I say this? It just left my mouth. You have a son that wants to be a scientist. And then the girl in the middle. 
how do you know? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and that's the part of the testimony you become like a lion, right? I know because Jesus loves you. And, and he loves you so much. And then she's crying. And then she goes, I have an eight-year-old son. And every day when he comes back from school, he goes, Mommy, when I grow up, I want to be a scientist. And she's crying. So we started praying for that lady, praying for resources that she would invest in the education of her kid. And then all of a sudden, the next lady, the second lady, she goes, do you guys also reveal dreams? And I'm like, look at my wife. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Why not? And then, and then she goes, I had a dream, Pastor. Now you became like the pastor, right? <laughs> I had a dream that a big snake came into my house and the snake beat my son. My son dried and died. And I, I had my spiritual face on. Do you have your spiritual face? Like, I have no idea what this dream is. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, she's involved with witchcraft. Be with me, happy prophet. <laughs> And just give yourself a smile. <laughs> so when the Holy Spirit shows you something, it's not that he's gossiping. He's not to, it's not to bring condemnation. It's to bring restoration, redemption, love. I believe that the Lord is raising us up as a generation that is not afraid of the prophetic because the prophetic is the mind and the heart of God being released to unleash destiny of people. And then all of a sudden I just fell off shine like, are you somehow involved with any type of witchcraft? And then the third lady, she turns and goes like, I told you to not do these things. <laughs> I told you. And, and she was like, yeah, pastor, what should I do now? And I'm like, I repent? Yeah, I, I want to repent. Let's pray. No, I need to bring my son. No joke. She leaves. 15 minutes later, she comes. Have you ever gone to church forced by your mom? Yeah, come on. <laughs> if it happened more than twice, two hands. If it happened all the time, two hands and one, one foot. <laughs> if it happened so many times, if you type Christian kid on Google, it shows up your picture. <laughs> so that kid comes. He's not happy. Remember, he, he never had a dad. He never felt God's love for his life. And then his mom is like, come, come, come. The pastor is going to pray for you. He was raised in that environment. And then we start praying for this kid. And all of a sudden, the kid starts crying. And then he's crying. And then he's kind of like giving a, a smile. We don't know what's happening. And then in the middle of the house, the boy goes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Yeah. Come on, somebody. This is our Jesus. We need power. 
We need power. I had no clue about the other boy wanting to be a scientist. I had no clue about what that dream meant. But we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And He's filling you up for such a time as this. Not to only feel a vibe or anointing. Not only to feel electricity. But to go and preach the gospel with boldness, with fire, with signs and wonders. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is power for salvation. Oh man, I feel the fire. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 4. Paul says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul is saying, my message, my preaching was not only wise and persuasive words, but power. Power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, uh, the picture that I have for this week is like the, the, the Lord putting you or, or plugging you in an outlet. And this electricity and fire is going to come upon you. Get ready. So Paul is saying, my message came with power. Even as you go to your outreach, the Lord is going to use you as never before. Guys, for me to be here is totally crazy. My my dream was to be a a professional soccer player. Does anybody here like soccer? Okay. And I remember, I was far from Jesus. I was invited to a Dunamis uh, a Pockets, which is a group inside of a university. And then I went, and I was there on the back. And I was, have you been like in a service that you're like just watching, just like a fan? And then all of a sudden, I feel something. And I start crying and smiling and feeling God's presence. And I remember the pastor is like, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come to the altar. And I'm talking to myself, I don't need to go. I, I, I just need to repeat. I don't need to be there. But all of a sudden, I remember I was on the altar or on my knees on the floor. And the guy had his hand on my head. And he goes like, the Lord's going to set you on fire to spread the fire through the nations. And I'm like... What? Uh, what is fire? Like, what, what is it? What is it? What that even means? Have you ever received a that was God, me? Are you sure it wasn't that guy? Guys, get ready. Get ready. Ten years later, I'm in Portugal. I know I'm in Hawaii right now, but I'm living currently in Portugal with my wife and family, spreading the fire through the nations. It's going to happen to you. Some of you in a few years are going to be planting churches in Asia. Some of you in a few years are going to be in Europe, spreading the fire of God in Europe. Some of you are going to be seeing revival and reformation happening in America, in Brazil, in Africa. Get ready. But we need to stay in this place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit because it's not by our words, our message, 
or persuasive words. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is going to touch the lost, restore souls in society. Come on. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. Paul goes, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. Shake the shoulder of the person next to you and say, He has chosen you. Now the other person, the one that you ignored. <laughs> and just go, He has chosen you too, buddy. <laughs> because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power. With the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. So Paul goes again, our gospel came to you not with words but with power. How many people here want to see the power of God in your life? <laughs> we need to be hungry for His presence. We need to go in, in this place of, of intercession and passion for the presence even when you don't feel anything. You know why? Because you cannot be moved by feelings. You need to be moved by faith, by conviction, by the Word of God. Some of you will fall and feel the fire and maybe you won't. But who cares? The Holy Spirit is inside of you. Not only when you feel it. Not only when you, oh, I'm feeling the, no. We're not, we not kids anymore in the faith. You know, I have, a, I have a son, his name is Joshua, and when he was one year or, or six months, he would be crying out for milk. And when he cried out, we go like, we, we prepare the milk, the bottle, and we go like, oh, that's so cute. Anybody here likes kids, babies? But imagine my son, Joshua, 16 years old. Daddy. <laughs> Like, buddy, you are 15 years. Go and fix your own lunch. Go and open your Bible. <laughs> Go and fix your own lunch. Go and do your devotional. But daddy, I'm not feeling anything. Joshua, you don't need to feel it. Just do it. Maybe you will not remember what you read last week, but what you read last week brought you here. It's interesting because Jesus told his disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. But he didn't mention how many days they would stay. Have you ever received a promise but you don't know how long it's going to take? Yeah. Maybe you're praying for promises for 10 years, 15 years. You're praying for the salvation of your father for like 7 years or, or 20 years. 
I want to tell you, the Lord is, gonna ta is taking you to this place of conviction that you are not moved by feelings, but by what you see, but you are moved by faith. You are moved by the Word of God. You are moved by God's constitution. And because He said so, it will happen. And they stayed in Jerusalem. How, how do they stay? Let's go to Acts chapter 1 again. Oh man, this is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 14. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Just say with me, prayer of gap of seven to ten days before the assumption of Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Seven or ten days. Imagine yourself going to the upper room. Or imagine Peter. And he goes, he gets the disciples, and he's like, okay guys, this is the time. Day one. Come Holy Spirit. Nothing. Have you ever prayed and nothing happened? Day two. Come Holy Spirit. Nothing. Day three. I imagine John. Peter, I'm the beloved. <laughs> Let me go first today. Come Holy Spirit. Nothing. And then Thomas is like, I don't think he's coming. <laughs> Seventh day. They're all continually in prayer. When all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there, were, there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Hallelujah. Did you notice that all of the sudden of God happens in this place of conviction? In this place of intercession? And I believe that this is a week of the all of the sudden. The fire of God is going to come upon us. Yes. And something amazing is going to take place. 